It's an indicator that everyone's aware of. A shortage of eggs. The high price of eggs. In part, it's because of the avian flu outbreak. But it's also an indicator of how many things in our lives have gone up and up and up over the last couple of years. Inflation may be showing some signs of backing off. But for those of us who have lived through inflationary cycles, we know that prices go higher faster than they go lower slower, if they go down at all. The high price and shortage of eggs, symptomatic of what people are facing today. And for a Christian, it's a good reminder that Jesus often spoke about money in the heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Our money and how we spend it often follows that which we are worshiping. So next time you see eggs or no eggs at the market, think, where is my heart? Welcome to Haven Today here on Monday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're starting a new series today with a title that's Jesus and the High Price of Eggs. Do you recognize that song from 1976? The Swedish supergroup ABBA singing about money, money, money. I'm sure it's not a surprise to you that there are a lot of songs about money. After all, it's something we all talk and think about. But the price is still high in our markets. We even hear conversations around the office about how tight money can be. I've heard Haven team members talk about seeing empty shelves for eggs usually nest at our local grocery stores and how the prices are so much higher this January than last year. With all this talk about money, I wonder if you've ever thought about what Jesus had to say about it. Well, in a few minutes, we're heading to Kentucky. We're going to be talking with Dr. Ben Witherington. He's a conservative Methodist New Testament scholar who's written a book called Jesus and Money, a guide for times of financial crisis. I think it's pretty clear that Jesus called us to live uh, a simple lifestyle. He would have us take very seriously the need to evaluate uh, what's really important and really study the scriptures and what it says about how to use our resources. Dr. Ben Witherington will be back with us for a thought-provoking conversation about Jesus and money and how we as Christians are to approach such things. Then after this program, I want you to get a copy of Ben's book called Jesus and Money. It's a book drawn from the pages of Scripture that will help change your life when it comes to what you have and what you don't have and what you spend things on. Call us after the program, won't you, at 800 65 Haven. That's 800 65 Haven. Or if you prefer, go online, watch the extended interview on video that I did with Ben recently and ask for a copy of the book Jesus and Money when you go to haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now let's open the program with a man we had on most of December, but with a different sound. Fernando Ortega and the doxology, a traditional hymn 
to a different tune. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise God above. Praise God above the heavenly host. Praise the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise God above, praise God above, the heavenly host. Praise the Father, Son, and Holy to Haven today. We're talking this week about Jesus and money. And who better to have back on with us than someone we had on during the Great Recession a number of years ago. Dr. Ben Witherington is, uh, my words, not his, a formidable New Testament scholar. He's a longtime professor at Asbury Seminary, and he's on the doctoral faculty at St. Andrews University in Scotland. Ben, Thank you so much for taking time to join us again. Glad to be with you. You wrote a book several years ago when we went through the housing crisis and and financial hard times, and you called it Jesus and Money. And I thought, my goodness, we need Ben Weatherington back on again, because we've, we've seen inflation going back up over the past year, baby formula shortages, high prices of, of everything, gas prices, and we're not out of the woods yet. So you want to give me the elevator talk right now for Christians listening and for me? What would you say Jesus has to teach us about money more than anything else? Well, mainly that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's not our money. So lose the sense of entitlement for a start. Mm. It's mm. not ours. Mm. God is the owner of all property on earth. We are only stewards. And what we should have been asking all along is, Lord, how can I best be a good steward of your resources? 
Mm. And really, that changes the whole conversation about what are necessities, what are luxuries in life, etc. I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that Jesus called us to live uh, a simple lifestyle, not a luxurious one, and uh, he would have us take very seriously the need to evaluate uh, what's really important in terms of uh, food, shelter, clothing, cars, etc. Pray about those things and really study the scriptures and what it says about how to use our resources. Hmm. Uh, do you think uh, we've got it wrong? I mean, Ben, I remember the best-selling books on Christians and money. Follow this simple set of rules and you will be happy, safe, wise. Do you think Christians, especially in North America, have looked at money in the wrong way, maybe through the wrong set of eyes? Yeah, in many ways, I think that's absolutely true. Um, they, they've been fed a message from our culture of success and health and wealth and um, told to evaluate themselves on how much money they have. And I mean, you know, I've even seen Christians with bumper stickers that say the one who dies with the most toys wins. Hmm. You know, I, hmm. it, it's to me, that's just anathema. Uh, hmm. it, you know, I mean, Jesus uh, preaches a message of enough that, that God takes care of us who are faithful to him in terms of food and shelter and clothing and anything else should be considered as tools for ministry or sucker of others who need our help, etc. So I think uh, the truth of the matter is that we have allowed our culture and its rampant materialism mm. to uh, really color how we look at money and resources in general. I mean, think about this for a minute, Charles. I mean, I, I was born B.C. before cell phone, right? <laughs> B.C., before computer even, right? And and in the 50s, get this, we had zero fast food restaurants. We had zero credit cards when I was born. Mm -hmm. And the people who came out of World War II, namely my parents, were very, very frugal with their resources, and and rightly so. They were generous to the church and frugal with everything else. And I, I'm afraid that whole message got lost in translation in the last 50-plus mm. years. I, I, I think you don't hear that message very much. Mm. Dr. Ben Witherington, one of the things I appreciate is you drawing the Old Testament before you move to the New Testament. Let's just tackle something. Let's tackle a verse. Let's tackle a passage. Let's say everybody listening to the program today wants to follow their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They want to be good stewards. Pick a passage that maybe we've gotten a little wrong and help us understand how we can get it right and grow in our faith uh, to serve him better as good stewards of what he gives us, whether we have a little or whether we have a lot. Like the Apostle Paul said, he had learned to deal with not having much or anything and having more at certain times. Sure. You know, I, I would say that probably in terms of the practical Christian gurus, uh, their, their focus when they deal with the Old Testament tends to be the book of Proverbs and some of the things that are said in the book of Proverbs uh, about, you know, 
if you're faithful to God, then you're going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Uh, a very loose interpretation of certain things that are said in the mm-hmm. book of Proverbs and, and elsewhere in the Old Testament. Well, first of all, it's true that having a place to live, having clothes to, to wear, um, having resources to do good to others as well as your own family is, of course, a blessing from God. That's not the issue. The issue is, what are you going to do with mm-hmm. the blessings God has given you? Mm-hmm. If you think that God has blessed you just so you can say, God just blessed me, now I can do what I want with any of mm-hmm. these resources, you've mm-hmm. forgotten that you're answerable to God because you're using his resources, not particularly your resources, except you're a steward of his resources. So, And here's the other thing. I mean, I get really tired of this. But if you know anything about Old Testament economies, these are barter economies. Hmm. They're not money economies. You cannot read modern Western capitalism back into the Old Testament. It just Hmm. isn't there. Hmm. I mean, you begin to have a money economy uh, before the time of Jesus, but not much before the time of Jesus. But still, the dominant form of economy was exchange, was bartering. Money was mainly used for taxes, tolls, tributes, and tithes, the four T's. That's it. And when Israel was a, you know, an occupied people, money usually had a negative valence. Yes. It had yes. pictures of the emperor on it. That's idolatry. Mm. Okay. So money has a negative valence uh, in various places in the New Testament as well as in the Old Testament. You know, Jesus says you cannot serve God and unrighteous mammon. And he's talking about money. So, you know, one has to weigh what the whole scriptures say, starting with the Old Testament and working your way to the New Testament. Now, in regard to that bit I mentioned at first, the book of Proverbs, here's the thing. This is general wisdom that often it applies and is true. These aphorisms or proverbs in the book of Proverbs are not universally true. It is not universally true, even in a devout Christian family, that when you train up your child in the way that he should go, he will not depart from it in his old age. Is that always true? No, it's not. And so these are general maxims that are often true under the right circumstances, in the right context. So that that's you know a sort of simplistic like let's just pick out a verse from proverbs this is my theme verse for this week and my resources i will be guiding in regard to that now here's the other interesting thing no question the old testament calls for tithing a good giving of 10% you know what the new testament says that ain't good enough you need to be doing sacrificial giving when jesus holds up the example of the widow with her two mites putting in all her liquid assets into the temple treasury and says she gave more than all these wealthy people who actually put in a lot more money in the temple treasury on the same day. Mm -hmm. He's talking about sacrificial giving. The standard in the New Testament is, okay, I gave God 10%. Now I can do what I want with the 90%. No. Mm. Standard for a Christian is sacrificial giving. I really love what John Wesley did with all of this material. He wrote a sermon, which I think every Christian should read, entitled, On the Use of Money. 
Mm. He has three three points, like a good three-point sermon. A, make all you can by honest means. Hello, Christians. <laughs> if you're making a fortune off of X, Y, and Z, like lottery tickets, not so much. This is not what John Wesley calls honest living. Number two, save all you can. In other words, live frugally. And three, give all you can. Now, he says if you do the first two and you don't do the third, if you're not committed to sacrificial giving, you may be a living person, but you're a dead Christian. Mm. That's the end of the sermon. Mm. A convicting sermon. I would say so, yes. It it still is a convicting sermon. So, you know, I, I think that we have to be very circumspect when we think about what we do with our resources and uh, and how we distribute or use them. John Wesley said he was working his way towards old age and making sure that he had given away all his excess resources before he died. He didn't quite succeed because money kept coming in from his book sales, mm. but the conference took care of the rest. But he mm. was thoroughly committed to what Jesus says, sacrificial giving, what Paul says, sacrificial giving. Well, that sounds like a really good example for us all today. Uh, I guess some of the the wealthiest Christians I've ever met uh, really took that to heart. And I'm talking about biblical Christians. They gave beyond 10%. Uh, Laterno in Texas, the the equipment manufacturer, founded a, a university. He gave away 90%. I've known more than one person who says at least half of what I make, I need to give away. And, and maybe they leave a little for their heirs, but their idea is the same thing that you just expressed from John Wesley. I want all of whatever I have to go for kingdom purposes. Um, that doesn't fit our culture today, but it no. sounds, it makes a lot of sense as a Christian and a good steward in the kingdom, doesn't it? That That's exactly right. And And I would say the other thing John Wesley said is, he said, if your children are wastrels, by which mm-hmm. he means people that squander money for frivolous things, he says, if you're leaving money to them in your will, leave only enough for maintenance. Give the rest to the church or worthy charitable causes. Hmm. Don't just leave them in your will if that's their nature of way of handling resources. Now, you know, that that advice, I don't know how many Christians take. Well, and if... No one can figure it out. Dr. Ben Witherington is a conservative Methodist at Asbury Seminary. We better have you on again later this week, and uh, I'll plan on a story or two from your late grandmother as well, who lived through the Depression. But I think, Ben, if you don't mind, would would you pray, uh, lead us in prayer, and pray for many of our listeners right now who are going through uh, tough times hard times uh, because of the economy right now. Sure, I'll be glad to do that. Let me have a prayer. Lord, um, we are constantly bombarded hundreds of times a day with advertisements for all kinds of things, trying to fire up our imagination and uh, whether it gives us satisfaction or not. I pray for those who are struggling with their resources during the current inflation and difficult times that they may be facing, that you would give them the wisdom of Solomon and of Jesus in regard to how best use 
their resources in a way that glorifies God and edifies others. Mm. Not only for the help of their family, but for the help of their churches that are trying to recover from the pandemic, among other things. Uh, Lord, I just ask that you would give them open hearts to you, gracious spirits to others, and a clear understanding that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We're just passing through. We're just stewards of God's resources. That should free us up to be less anxious about what we eat or what we drink or where we sleep or any of those kinds of things. It's time now for all of us in this struggling situation to trust the Lord with all our heart and do not rely on our own instincts, but rather on the better wisdom of God's word. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my Father's world. I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees, of skies and seas. His hands the wanders rock. This is my father's world. The birds their carols raise. The morning light, the lily white, declare their maker's praise. This is my father's world. He shines in all just heard Dr. Ben Witherington reference this hymn several times, in fact, so it made perfect sense to close our program today. Mark Schultz, This Is My Father's World from Mark's Hymns album. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. So grateful that we could spend some time again with Ben Witherington. I hope you listened all the way through when it came to the issue of money. Jesus had some hard things to say to the rich, but also to the poor, and certainly to all of us in between. 
He told a rich man to give everything away and follow him. He praised a widow with almost nothing for tithing everything she had. And he told everyone to give to Caesar all that's Caesar's. How do we deal with all of this in a world that teaches happiness can only come from things money can buy? Well, I think the secret is learning to see money through the eyes of our Lord and Savior. Only then can we find true freedom and true joy. And I hope you heard that in our time with Ben Witherington today. I'd like to get in your hands a copy of Ben's book, Jesus and Money, a guide for times of financial crisis. It's a rare as well as an eye-opening book on how we need to perceive money through the eyes of Jesus. Why don't you call us right now? Would you make a gift to the ministry out of whatever the Lord has provided for you? But be sure and ask for a copy of Jesus and Money. Our number to call, please do it now, is 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or better yet, go online and watch the video we posted with Dr. Witherington that shows my full interview with him. And that's there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And just as we have to go, if you want to, but didn't get around to asking for it, we still have Spurgeon's Morning and Evening for your gift to the ministry. Ask about that when you call or read more when you go online. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What are the two greatest words in all the Bible? Jesus Christ comes to mind because, as Peter says in the book of Acts, no other name has been given by which we might be saved. By faith, that's a contender, since it's by faith we enjoy all of the Lord's grace and mercy. But there's an often overlooked phrase that captures our Lord's love perfectly. But God... But God, the Apostle Paul, had just described human beings dead in sin, lost in darkness, enemies of life. But God, rich in mercy and love. But God, he intervened by sending Jesus Christ for us. Our faith even hinges on these two great words. But God, dead, lost, sinful, yes, but God. But God, spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.